Well, my name's Lauren. I'm not sure if I introduce myself, and I'm just going to take a, a few moments to share with us this morning about this Festival of Shelters. And in preparing for this as a little team, uh, we were thinking about what key theme are we going uh, to highlight um, this year. And this phrase came to mind. Um, I'll put it up. If I press this arrow, it will come up. Yes. How many of you parents know that God speaks to you through children's Bibles? through picture books and when I was thinking about shelters it was like which which bible is that firstly we had to work out which one it was but it's this phrase one day God's forever people will live in God's forever place under God's forever rule I'll read it again God's forever people will one day live in God's forever place under God's forever rule can you believe it this is how this whole bible ends at the end of revelation can you believe it Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And I thought, yep, that's it. Amen. Let's stand. That's the message for today. But if nothing else, walk away with that phrase written so brilliantly by David Helm, the author of that book. And I thought, that's it. Because what Shelters does is it reminds us of the ending, reminds us of where we are going. Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly um, Effective People, the author of that book, he always says, they always begin with the end in mind. And as Christians in particular, we're called to begin to live always with the end in mind because that's our hope. It's the realization of our faith when our faith is made sight. And so when we celebrate the Festival of Shelters, we're looking to what is to come and taking courage for today. And where that whole phrase comes from is from Revelation chapter 21. This is the picture of the end. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, behold, God's dwelling place will now be with his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. And wow, that's the picture. And it wouldn't be a kid's uh, morning without props. I love props. I didn't want to go into too much detail with my holy city, New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, but that's a visual reminder there, plus that one there. New, new heaven and new earth, God dwelling with us. That's our end as God's forever people. All nations, Jew, Gentile, black, white, in between, everyone under the whole earth one day living in God's forever place. New heaven, new earth, under his perfect leadership where there is no injustice and death and suffering. All things are made new. It's exciting. But if you're new with us today, you're probably thinking, what is this festival of shelters? Hopefully our little rap gave you some ideas, but it's a festival. I've got my little shelter here. Sukkah is just a word for hut. Some call it the Feast of Tabernacles. Some call it the Festival of Booths, Sukkot. Um, but one of the main places we first hear about this is in Leviticus chapter 23. And the Lord gives instructions to the people of Israel through Moses saying, celebrate the Festival of Shelters five days after atonement. That's what on the 15th day of the month of Tishri, that's what that was about. Um, that their Jewish months, 
And this festival lasts for seven days. They're meant to come and bring gifts to the Lord. It's a harvest festival. It's a time of celebration and joy. And it's meant to be a permanent law for them from generation to generation. And in Leviticus 23 verse 42, it says, For seven days you must live outside in little shelters. All native-born Israelites must live in shelters. And this will remind each new generation of Israelites that I made their ancestors live in shelters when I rescued them from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So it's a reminder of what God did for them in the wilderness. And then it's a joyous celebration. It's connecting them. I think God was aware once they moved into the promised land, as the Israelites were prone to do, they might forget the goodness of the Lord. Forget what he had done for them. So by doing this each year, it was a reminder. Remember how God provided for us. Remember how he came and dwelt among us, how he looked after us. We need regular reminders like that too. New Life Kids, I'm just encouraging you to keep your attention this way if you can. So you might be thinking, that's great, but Lauren, we're not actually Jewish. We're not Israelites. Well, not many of us probably are Jewish people here. And you're right, we're not. So why do we celebrate it? We celebrate it because, firstly, we see Christ in it. Colossians 2.17, it's talking about new festivals, celebrations, new moons, Sabbath days. What are all of these? These are a shadow of things that are to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. And Nathan described this to our youth. Um, I'm just trying to look for a shadow. A few weeks ago, you can put your hand up. Hmm. Shadow, there's lights there, but if you look at the shadow, you can have an idea of what my hand is like, the general shape. You might be able to tell that I've got a ring on, but you can't tell that my nails are painted. You can't see the wrinkles. You can't tell that I've got a cut on there because that's the reality. So when we're looking at these festivals and what the Israelites celebrated, it was shadows of what was to come. They didn't have the full picture, but we we do. So when we talk about the Israelites dwelling, living in shelters in the wilderness in Egypt, and then we come to John chapter 1 and we read the word, Jesus became flesh and dwelt amongst us or tabernacled amongst us is another word for that we're going oh wow I'm starting to connect the dots and then when we read Revelation 21 when it talks about now the dwelling place of God is with man and he will reign with them we're going wow now I see I'm getting the big picture before it was just a shadow but now we can see Christ in these things so that's why we celebrate it We see Christ in the festivals. Interestingly, Jesus celebrated it. John chapter 7, he gets up. That's his big declaration. I am the light of the world. I am the source of living water. Because by that time, Jewish tradition had incorporated those things into the festival. And we celebrate it because in Zechariah 14, 16, it tells us that even after Jesus returns, the nations will gather to Jerusalem to celebrate the festival of shelters. They will go up year after year to worship the King, the Lord Almighty, and to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. So this is why we participate in this kind of remembering, whether you build a sukkah with your kids, whether you spend a week just meditating on what God has done or giving praise and thanks for him. We're fixing our hearts and minds on what Christ has done and what what he will do. And so what, what does that mean for us today? Well, 
for me, meditating on this festival of shelters does two things. It fills me with hope and it stirs longing in my heart. And in this day and age, if you listen to enough of the current messages that the world will throw at you, earn lots of money, bigger is better, more followers is better, build up your treasures here is the message always. If that's what we're listening to all the time, we can start to get really confused and really discouraged actually because when we look at our, our dinky shelter, this world that we live in, we can sort of think, is this it? I'm, I'm bigger, I don't have the bigger or I don't have the money, I don't have the whatever standard it is that you're using to measure up to. And so we can get discouraged or even when there's happy times, there can be twinges of sadness, there's still injustices all the time, there's grief, there's sor- sorrow. Ultimately, this life can never fully satisfy, so we can become hopeless. But Hebrews 6, 18, 19 says that we are to be ones, they're already onto it, I'll let you guys just track with me, filled with hope. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Or the message paraphrases it, we who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline. And so when we're remembering the festival of shelters we're living here on this earth we're remembering that Jesus is returning we're holding on to him with both hands and he is our lifeline while we are here on this earth and the fact is we were never made for just this life we were made for something more for someone more and Hebrews 13:14 says this world is not our permanent home we are looking forward to a home yet to come Or Philippians 3.20 says, Our citizenship is in heaven for which we also eagerly wait for a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this isn't just an shut my eyes escapism, like I'm not made for here, one day I'll be there, I'm just going to close my eyes and wish it was all over. No, that's not what the Bible calls us to do. We walk as foreigners, sometimes your Bible might use the word aliens, strangers in a foreign land. And what do foreigners do? They move in, they assimilate with the community around them, they still live their lives, they serve the good of that, that country or that community, but with an awareness that their citizenship lies elsewhere. So we're here on this earth, loving God, serving those around us, worshipping him, but we're aware that our citizenship isn't, is in heaven. It isn't tied to here. So therefore, we don't lose heart. When life gets hard or when circumstances don't go our, go our way, when our culture around us, when we look at it and go, what is this? We don't become discouraged because we know our home, our citizenship is in another kingdom. And we can share this hope with others. And that's what some of our New Life kids have done in their schools or with their friends. When we're downhearted, when we're discouraged, we can encourage one another um, with these things and so by building a temporary shelter or a hut or a booth or thinking about these things during this season we're encouraging ourselves not to become disheartened we have a home to come God's forever people 
in God's forever place under God's forever rule. So it gives us hope, the festival of shelters, but it also stirs in us an ache, a longing, because we're made to live in complete communion with the Lord, but that's only fully realized when Jesus returns. And how we wait and groan when we're here. Do you think the, the Israelites were groaning in the wilderness? They decorate their huts and they can do all kinds of amazing things these days when they celebrate it. But at its base level, it's a hut for seven days, regardless of the weather circumstances. It's not meant to be comfortable. And so it's, it's unsettling. And it causes in us an ache for what, for what is to come. And we can be in this in the festival of shelters, it's, a, it's an invitation for us to unsettle ourselves, really. Wake up. This world is, is not my home. I'm longing for something that is to come. I'm longing for the day when Jesus comes and brings full justice to the earth. I'm longing for the day when my sin won't keep entangling me again and again, when I can see him as he is and behold him. And my heart will be encouraged when all things will be made new. That's what we're longing and aching for. So we, we are filled with hope, but we also have this ache, this groaning as we're in between, as it were. Second Corinthians chapter 5 says, For we know that if this earthly tent we live in, speaking of ourselves, is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. So meanwhile, we groan, we ache, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan in a burden, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. So as Christians, we're called to live with a groan. And sometimes we can do things just to try and dull, to dull that groan. Or our tent isn't that bad, right? I can set this up. We can busy ourselves with so many different things. I found myself in that place before, busying myself with things because to actually sit with the ache is painful. It's not comfortable. To live with longing always, it's a challenge. It requires a daily fixing my eyes on Jesus. But that's what we're called to do. He's worthy of it. And we believe that he is coming to rule and to reign, that we're living for another kingdom. So that's where we fix our gaze. Worship team, you can come up. By focusing on these truths during the festival of shelters, we are filling our hearts with hope and stirring a longing in our hearts for the goal of our faith to be realized. God's forever people in God's forever place under God's forever rule. Can you believe it? That's the question. Can you believe it? Yes, I do. Some of you might be here and going, I've never heard of this before. Can you believe it? If that's our heart's cry, we say, amen, yes, come Lord Jesus. And that's what we've been singing about today. Jesus is soon returning. Come Lord Jesus. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing together of the coming king. Lord, we thank you 
that you are returning for a pure and spotless bride. We thank you that you have not left us as orphans in this world, but you've given us your Holy Spirit. Thank you that we were made to worship you and to dwell in your presence. And at this festival of shelters, we remember that you are returning. We remember that we are living for another kingdom and our hearts are filled with hope as we look at the world around us. As we gaze on who you are, God, we can see the gaps, see the places where your kingdom is not made known on this earth and how we long for you, Jesus, to return and establish your righteous reign upon this earth. God's forever people in God's forever place under God's forever rule. And we long for your rule and reign, Jesus. Come and have your way in our hearts today and stir up hope and longing in our hearts for you. In Jesus' name, amen. brief comments to make. For those of you who are visiting this morning, a huge welcome again to you. Wayne and Julie Hollett, so we're founding pastors of New Life Church and it's been a joy and delight, as Lauren has already said, to see the children testifying, using their gifts and their talents. Hasn't it been a wonderful morning? Yes. Yes, you can give them a big clap. Yeah. And all the ones sitting down who've, who've had involvement as well. And it, it, um, it's a blessing to be, you know, able to train and teach the children about these wonderful things. That It's hope. And they're growing up with that hope. And as you can tell, yeah, they're learning to play music. They're learning to write poetry. They're learning to speak about it. It's wonderful. It's in their language. So we're so grateful for all the people who work with our children Nathan, your team, um, and uh, the festival team this morning. So much to be thankful for. Um, Wayne, a few comments. I want to take a moment to just reflect on the journey. It will be a very short few moments because we've got children on the platform here and I know how challenging that is. So 24 years ago, uh, by the grace of God, we stepped in with a sm small group of friends around about us in obedience to God to have a, have a go at planting a church in this region for God's glory. Here we are, 24 years later, celebrating His goodness, His grace to us. Two of the children who were with us at that time, 24 years ago, are still with us today. Their names are Nathan and Daniel Hollett. They've grown up a bit. So they were 10 and 8 at that time. And there's a couple of teenagers that are, that were in, that are in the room today. Jason and Chantel and Heather and Alistair were with us in those days as well. Um, so, so it is one generation 
telling the next generation. So 20, 24 years, we're really standing in awe of what God's done. It's not been by uh, our might or our power or anything other than continuing to pursue him and obey him in what he's given us to do. And as grateful as we are for that first 24 years, I do believe that there is still much more. And I want to say the best is yet to come, but I want you, I want you to hear the best is yet to come because of God's forever people, God's forever city, God's forever rule. Did I get that right, Lauren? Where are I? Um, pretty close. That is because God is forever, and that that really is our greatest hope. So, in in one sense, our best years are ahead of us. And my, I want to encourage you this morning. Julie and I had to step into this, not knowing where it was going to lead, believing God was leading us, believing God was directing us to to give birth to something called New Life Church. We stepped into that. We had to lean into the grace of God. And I want to uh, provoke and encourage you, uh, regular New Lifers and also any guests. I want to just put to the question, how much will... God allow you to grow in his grace in the next 24 years or however long you've got and however long we've got until he returns or however long you've got until you stand before him face to face that's really the question this is say, God I want I want my life to really count for something when I stand before you I want to have been faithful with what you've entrusted me with so what's ahead in the next 24 years and I simply want to share three 24s with you. As we celebrate 24 years, I want to say 24 years, 24 people, 24 hours. I want to tell you a little bit of a group of people who are called the Moravians. That's part of the Czech Republic today. And on August the 13th, 1727 when none of us were alive that little group of believers living in a place called Moravia they'd named it Hearn Hut meaning the Lord's Watch they were a a disparate group of uh, refugees that had come from other places seeking safety and asylum they were all uh, Christians but, and that, this next bit is going to surprise you. Even though they'd come from persecution and to this place of safety, they actually couldn't get on with one another. And in the middle of that, the man whose land that they were settling on, Count Nicholas von Zinzendorf, he called them together for a communion service. And that was August 13, 1727. And at that service, they had an extraordinary visitation from the Holy Spirit. And that event is sometimes called the Moravian Pentecost. There had been a growing sense of of an increase in God's presence among them for a few weeks prior to that. But no one was expecting God to show up in the way that he did. We've just come through a 21-day sacred assembly gathering in God's presence. And many of us have experienced a sense of an increase of God's presence. And we're wanting to steward that. 
Eyewitness testimonies of what happened said that the whole gathering was reduced to tears as the Spirit of God moved wonderfully and mightily upon them. The fire of God fell and they left the gathering charged with spiritual power, hardly knowing whether they were in heaven or earth. That's that reality Lauren was speaking about. It was like they'd, they were tasting of that eternal and glorious reality. And here's, here's some of the things that happened. A great hunger for the word of God took possession of them. That's the language that's used. So that they had to start having three services a day. One at 5 a.m., one at 7.30 a.m. and one at 9 p.m. Everyone desired above everything else that the Holy Spirit might have full control. Self-love and self-will as well as all disobedience disappeared and an overwhelming flood of grace swept us all out into the great ocean of divine love. People who had wronged each other or had hard hearts towards each other began to embrace praying for each other and binding themselves to each other in Christian love. And the record tells us that they remained at the church joining in prayer and singing there for five hours. Such was the presence of the Lord. Five days later, a remarkable revival occurred among the children at Hearn Hut where the Spirit of God moved upon them and they spent the whole night in prayer. Yeah. That's longer than five. <laughs> so. And then on August the 26th, so this began on August 13, 13 days later, August 26, a group of 24 adults met together and agreed together, they contracted, they covenanted together that each one of them would pray for one hour a day and therefore they began a 24-hour prayer meeting that history tells us was unbroken for 100 years. The number of adults that committed to this prayer movement quickly increased to 77 and children followed their lead with similar organisation. The children were organising their own prayer meetings and the reports of groups of children praying and singing and weeping for up to three hours at a time as the Spirit moved upon them. And the focus of their prayers was this, for the salvation of people they knew, salvation of people in far-off lands and how they could give their lives in service to Christ. That was what they prayed about. And by the end of 1760, just a few decades later, from that little original 24 people, 24 hours a day that grew, they had sent out no fewer than 226 missionaries. Gone to tell people the wonderful news about Jesus because they knew their lives were not their own. And the long-term effects of what God did amongst that little group of Moravian people are still with us today with the emphasis on sacrificial prayer, small groups for Bible study and prayer and mutual encouragement and missions to those who have never heard the good news about Jesus Christ, the renewal of the church and the loving community, 
with all believers in Christ. So today as we give thanks for 24 years, the question I put, we're asking ourselves, we're saying, what does the Lord have for you for the next 24 years? How much will you lean into his grace, surrender fully to him, and be willing to give everything you've got for his purposes in your life? I want to say that we've got, you know, we all know we've got a prayer room down the road. We have people step in to facilitate prayer sets during our sacred assembly. And I want to encourage uh, children and teenagers. Actually, I probably want to more encourage the teenagers. I want to say, this: you don't think you've got to be a certain age before you can lead a prayer set. We will help you. We will train you. We will teach you. Nicholas von Zinzendorf, the man whose land this, this uh, Moravian thing took place on, by the time he graduated high school at the age of 16, he had started seven separate prayer societies within his, within his high school. I just encourage you, have a look at his life. Say, lean into this. you just got to commit. Say, okay, I will start a prayer meeting in the prayer room at such and such a time and I'll be there every day of the week whether anybody else shows up or not I'll be there you make that covenant and see what God does so we say thank you God for 24 years and Lord take us further than we can dream or think or imagine for your glory Amen Julie's going to pray Amen yeah, you can, yeah it's awesome um, I just wanted to say what Wayne didn't say was that when we were in the United States when we were living there and he was studying he actually did a paper on this these people and uh, because prayer has been something that has been a calling it's been a calling on our lives together is to lead people groups of people to pray and this is the thing that that propels us forward is that the Lord Jesus is worthy of people who love him and who stand in his presence and they worship and they pray and their gaze and their eyes and their hearts and their their life purpose is fixed on Christ and his return and and from that place we function in society for good because the life of Christ is overflowing in and through us. But unless we've stood with him, unless it can be said of us as it was of the early disciples, they've spent time with Jesus. Those things are unlikely to happen. So that's our encouragement. And as we start this uh, week of shelters, which is all about joy, Deuteronomy chapter 16, there's actually a command to be joyful. Because of all these things, everything Lauren's been teaching this morning, everything that you know about shelters, the joy of that, firstly, the return of Jesus to the earth and then the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. And once again, God is on the earth, just as it was back in the Garden of Eden, dwelling here in, in a beautiful earth um, and all things at one at one with him let's stand together and pray and then we're going to have a final song thank you for your patience thank you children for your patience one more prayer you ready this is our prayer 
that we're asking the Lord to fill us with joy. So would you pray that with me? Join with me in that. Lord Jesus, here we are. Shelter starts on the Hebrew calendar. It starts tomorrow night. And we thank you that we've come through this fast. We've come through this time of solemnly humbling ourselves before you, allowing you to search our hearts, allowing you to press reset in our lives, getting our gaze, Lord, fixed on the things that are above, loosening, as it were, the the things that bind us to this earth, loosening those cords somewhat. Lord, we, we are so grateful. We've come out with a fullness, a sense of a wonder and awe and gratitude because of your mercy and your love for us and your plans that have been fulfilled in the earth. We see the earth being shaken right now, but we thank you that a time is coming. And as we look toward that time, as we look toward a new heaven and a new earth, as we look towards that completeness, everything that is in your heart, Father, our hearts are full of joy. And we take this command seriously. And we say, Holy Spirit, today, this morning, as we start this week, as we start this week of shelters, fill our hearts with that joy that is in your heart. The the, the joy that was set before you, Jesus, when you went to the cross. Fill our hearts with that joy that we would celebrate these things together and honor you in your name, Jesus. Amen.